0: Hello Managing Madrid listeners, this is your host Kian Sobani, it is a Friday edition of the podcast and in a moment we're going to be joined by Eduardo Alvarez to discuss his latest column which was about Zidane and giving him the reins to build things and who should get a say in transfers and how it all works and how the interesting process that brings it all together, the vision of the team, the lack of sporting director, all of that. Always interesting discussion with Ed, before that some housekeeping, uh, we have a lot of podcasts going up on the network. If you haven't noticed them already, the last few weeks we've been revving it up almost daily. Now Monday to Friday, you can find a podcast plus the Sunday post game shows on the Manager Podcast. All the Trudis Tactica stuff. It's so much fun, and and I got some great news for you. It's going to be even more. We're adding a new segment. I don't know what it's going to be called yet, but now that the summer is upon us, and if it's successful, we may continue it into the season. But in the summer, we're basically going to weekly re-watch an old Real Madrid game. Whether it's from early millennium, whether it's from the 50s, whether it's from the Quinta del Buitre era, where, whether it's from um, the yeah, yeah era, whether it's from the mid-90s and kind of the tail end of Butro Genio's career. Whatever it is, we're going to watch an old game weekly and then talk about it on the podcast. The whole episode, just doing that. Um, this is our way of just kind of revisiting things and kind of brushing up on our own history So it's a, it's a project that we're going to do for ourselves and then just make it public if people are interested Stay tuned for that. I think it'll start in a couple weeks and I already have the game in mind uh, Because it was one of my favorites growing up. I won't spoil it But if you've if you've read my work and my columns and my my posts about the Real Madrid archives and going into the Real Madrid vault You'll probably know which game I'm talking about <clears throat> um Before we get started, we wanted to do some patron shout-outs. So thank you all to all the amazing patrons who sponsor the show, who pledge monthly. You get access to bonus shows, you get guaranteed responses to your questions, you get follow-backs on Twitter, you get all kinds of bonus content that you wouldn't otherwise get. So patreon.com slash managingmadrid is where you go to pledge. Shout-out to all these $10 plus patrons who support the show because if you pledge $10 or more, you actually get a specific... Specific shout out on the podcast. So, shout out to Mikhail Nilsson, Frederick Sundros, John Fernandez, Said Mahad, Nick DeStefane, Adam Dorsey, Frederick Rantakiro, Leon Stavranakis, Christian Gonzalez, Bjorn Salvador, Essa Hariri, Nicole Gant, Sergio Monleon, Elian Zacco, Yahya Ibrahim, Willie Reed, Nick Robero, Eric Rogers, Sad Omar, Oluwapa Mimo, Ola Donjoy Patrick Odiafadi, Christian Toff, Dan Berthi, Armin Gashi, Tarek Sphere, Tyler Dixon, Raghav Potluri, Vicky Cohen, Gary Cohut, Sujai Wanyi, Pena Madridista, San Francisco Bay Area, Brennan Stevens, Casper Moscala, Catherine Fagunda, Vinod Baratula, Zoran Boston Church, Sway Ayala, Crystal Glass, Rafael Servilla, Yehin Liang, Karen Scherer, Ahmed Almayahi, Umar Mahadi, Amy L, Shabal Sharapov, Fabian Moreno, Varun, Magnus Lex, Jason Fitz, Solomon Ortiz, and Brennan Powers. Thank you so much for all your generous contributions and your support. We love you all. Without further ado, this is the Managing Madrid Podcast, Friday edition, with myself, Kian Sobani, and Eduardo Alvarez. Let's go. Nice
1: article in the Managing Madrid uh, blog. The wonderful lads that do a great job there. And worth reading about that man there, Karim
0: Hello and welcome to a bonus edition of the Managing Madrid podcast. This is your host, Kian Zobani, and joining me on this Friday episode um, is the great Eduardo Alvarez. Eduardo, how are you doing?
1: Very well. I'm, I'm so glad that I'm on the bonus edition. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like a lot better, a lot more important than a bonus.
0: <laughs> well, every time you write a column, which is a weekly thing now, it seems like it's interesting enough that you know what, let's just turn this into a podcast. So poor, poor Eduardo, every time you write something, he's about, he's, the next day he gets a WhatsApp message from me um, to come and, and, and talk about his article. Um, but I think that's one of the, the things that this site has had the great benefit of having you on is that the perspective of, uh, as you put it, aging socio. That's not what I said. Yes. You, you said that. <laughs> yes, uh, I said that. <laughs> that someone who's been around the club for a long, long time and has observed things and also knows things, and is also a journalist and is connected. So to have that perspective is a is a great victory for us, and just it's it's kind of nice to to talk about some of these things. You wrote an article uh, a few days ago about letting Zidane build his own Real Madrid, and we're gonna dive deep into it. But if you were to give an elevator pitch on what this article was, can you
1: summarize it a little bit? Well, this. Um I'm starting to feel like Zidane may not have the leeway uh, we all expected when he decided to come back to save the team, and that is concerning because we know that Zidane won't put up with uh, with any crap, and he will. If if this doesn't happen the way he's his uh, he's thought of the whole thing, he'll probably leave. And if Zidane leaves, we we're back to square zero. We've we we will have lost another season, and uh, we know well that there's no uh, no talented uh, or or there's there's no there's not many options in the market. Is there anything in
0: specific, anything specific that makes you say that you don't think Zidane has the same power we initially thought he was going to have when he when he came back?
1: Well, this this has to do with. Uh, with the media in Madrid and, and how the president of, of the club uses certain journalists to test his decisions before he makes the decision. So, um, if you, there's two or three journalists in Madrid that have a very good connection with Florentino Perez, and when you read them, you can half read what Florentino is considering. And, uh, when Zidane arrived and you read these guys, uh, you could tell that Zidane was on the driving seat and that he was going to have complete power over firing signings. Um, I mean, it, it looked like, uh, we had learned from the previous mistakes and, uh, this is something, another topic that we need to touch upon later on, but, um, The idea was that Zidane was uh, the the powerhouse in uh, in the club. And uh, when you read these guys now, they've started to question some of Zidane's uh, decisions or the inclination that he has for some French players or uh, his relationship with Bale. And you start to think that uh, probably the club has reconsidered Giving Zidane all that strength, all that power, and that Florentino won't be happy if he can't. Florentino and Jose Angel Sanchez, who's the other, is is not the sports director, but he's been the main decision maker together with Florentino on the signings in the last ten years. Mm. Um, they still want to retain some of that power, and uh, they are going to be questioning Zidane um, more intensely than we expected.
0: People, uh, Jose Anja Sanchez, his name rarely comes up, but uh, I think it's, it's good to have that as a reminder is that he is the CEO. He is yes. the one often in the negotiating room with these players and agents. Yes. And often yes. he's the one who closes the deal.
1: Um, yes. I think it's an interesting... Yeah, go ahead. And one of the... Th- the, main sub- the main topic, other than give Zidane some some... Some power. The main topic uh, that 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 the article was based, at least the the first half of the article, is that our success in the Champions League has 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 made us blind to a number of of, uh, to a number of mistakes that we committed, and uh, they they now believe that the success we had uh, is partially down to. Uh, the fact that we didn't give any any of the coaches a lot of power and that the signings were done by Florentino and José Ángel Sánchez. And that, that that wasn't the reason why we won four Champions League in five years. Uh, that's the reason why we have won two ligas in 11 years. The, the personal decisions they've made have only put together a, a very powerful squad in a couple of seasons. Three seasons, I would say, when we contested Barcelona. The Pellegrini season, that, that, that was a decent deep squad. But all the other years, they have focused on names. They haven't really analyzed what a 70-match season would would imply in terms of personnel. Yeah. And that is that is why we haven't been successful in La Liga. And, and if they want to go back to that recipe, I'm pretty sure Zidane uh, has a very different view on, on what the structure of the squad should look like. And if we go back to the, the old, uh, way of having two big names and then some youngsters on the bench and not enough experienced people to, to, to show up when, when they're going to get stuff in April, May, uh, we're going to be again, 18 points behind Barcelona in the, in the next uh, season. And, uh, just praying that the Champions League ties go away.
0: Yeah, and I, you and I, when we recorded this a podcast, I think a month or two ago, one of the things we had noted was that if you go back and look at Real Madrid's most successful La Liga campaigns in the modern era, they've been correlated with depth. Like it's it's clearly correlated yes. that to to be able to run deep and consistently, when you need you need depth, um, especially if you're if you're focusing on so many different competitions, I think that one of the things that kept recurring in your article that I found interesting was that, you know, just this discussing the balance of, of who should decide the signings, the coach, clearly there's yep. no sporting director here, so that's out of the question, and then you have Florentino and Jose Anja, then you have scouts, then you have um, the board and the stakeholders, uh, and you, you know, there's always that question to me like there ha- I think there's there probably has to be some kind of balance in terms of who makes the decisions cuz ultimately there will be not always but there will be some instances where the president and CEO will have a will have a better you know they'll they'll look at things from a financial side of things and be like we want this player and the coach may not really care course, about that yeah. stuff and so that and there's that and then there's the opposite where it's like the coach is like you know this player from castilla is really great i want him in my team next year yeah. and then there's like the the other element of the the juni uh calafat scout yeah. guy who comes in and he's he scouted Odegaard, but he's also been very focused on brazil and vinicius and rodrigo yeah. and then so there's the there's that kind of figure who comes into the picture and can tell the board and coach like hey there's this brazilian kid you've never seen before but trust me on this one and then they have to also make a decision on that. So there's a bunch of things kind of connected, I think. Um, and it's like, do you ever think about like where does that, where should that balance like actually lie? Like, how much power should the coach get in terms of? We're gonna all go this? back
1: to to some topic we've discussed before, which is uh, there needs to be a balance, obviously, between the different. Um, dimensions of designing financial sporting even branding i i uh, i mean yeah we would be fools if we think that that doesn't have any uh yeah uh, uh, the character of a certain player the character or even the nationality i mean uh this was a joke uh, in 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 the last couple of years but it is true that uh if you look at it from from a marketing perspective you want to have a German player, you want to have an English player, you have what you want to have. I mean, if you want to sell shirts there, it, mm. it is a factor, and those are huge markets. So it could sound cynical, but those are things that are taken into consideration when you decide to sign one or other player. Yeah. But my point is that um, the way to, to make uh, the final decision is your style, is your playing style.
0: Mm.
1: And of course, Modric fits or Cross fits. Then we start thinking. Then you think Neymar. Mm, is that the type of player we want? Um, so if if the coach, uh, even coaches, should be chosen with a, with a specific style. I mean, uh, I'll give you an example that it's not Real Madrid uh, centric. Um, Betis were considering firing Kike Setien, which yep. is probably the most intense ball possession manager in Spain right now. I mean, I, I think he's he's even worse than Guardiola. And they wanted to replace him with Bordalas, Getafe's coach, yeah. who is kind of the Spanish Simeone. Yep. I mean, if you do that, you have to fire 80% of your players. Yep. It, 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 so you should build on on some kind of uh, general idea of the style your team uh, wants to wants to have. And that's why I say we know how Zidane coached the team. We really enjoyed the way uh, the team played for long stretches of the season. And that's, that's what we should aim. And if Zidane is not there, we should replace Zidane with someone who is also high in ball possession, but... Uh, Focused on scoring, not just on the mere uh, passing and having the ball just to see if something happens, um, uh, offensive, uh, high scoring, um, intense that that's, those are the characteristics that, that every single coach should have. So that if you've signed five, six players in the off season, you will be able to use them afterwards. Um, yes. this is, this is what's going to happen now. Uh. The signings were made in the off-season by Florentino and, and Jose Angel Sanchez, and now Zidane is gonna is going to probably get rid of, or at least he's gonna have a pretty tough argument with them, because he will want to get rid of of quite a few of the signings were, that were made last year, because they have nothing to do with what Zidane wants to do.
0: Well, our our version of the Borderlas and Setien would be. From Ancelotti to Benitez, which was like night and day. And yes, or, or from,
1: from Pellegrini to Mourinho,
0: or Pellegrini to Mourinho, yeah. Yeah. Or Lopetegui to Solari, like it's just they <laughs> they don't have the the continuity of like so that's why, and that's why so many the fate of so many players can less rest in limbo at the mercy of whoever is coaching Real Madrid because one player can thrive and the next player is completely out the window. Yep. And that maybe can happen anyway, but also like when the style is dramatically different from one, literally one, not just one season to the next, one, one month to the next. Um, yep. It's it's hard. So I, I want to, and you didn't mention this in your article, but I just thought of this, and I've been meaning to talk to you about this. At what point does the sporting di- position, sporting director, director position return? Because I was thinking about Valdano in terms of. Everything he said after he left Real Madrid, he was pushed out by Mourinho, and Mourinho won that battle. Yep. Ultimately, but everything that I read from Valdano gen- generally makes sense to me. I like his opinions. I like his articles in the Guardian that he writes. He ha- he clearly knows what madridismo is. He clearly knows what kind of characters the club should have. Is a pl- is a figure like that? Do you think is lost in the club right now? Does does would someone like um, him ever come back?
1: I think that as long as Florentino is there, uh, the figure won't come back. Because mm. he's become our sports director. Yeah. I mean, Jose Angel Sanchez probably does the final bit of bargaining and agrees in, 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 the, in the pool of players of potential signings. But I think it's Florentino who says, let's go for this one. Let's, let's, let's get into serious talks. Yeah. And that um, that is addictive. <laughs> I have to say. Yeah. I mean, I understand that to to give up on that uh, it takes a lot of <laughs> a lot of personal strength and and uh, and a uh, and a very specific mindset. And I don't think his his uh, his idea now is to to delegate that to someone else. But that would be the way to. The idea is that the sports director remains longer than uh, pretty much any coach, and that he's the one who should be the guardian of the style and 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 the approach of of the team. But again, I don't see that happening again. Uh, that I don't. Yeah.
0: I don't see it either. But I I agree. I think it's a shame. I think it's I think they are missing someone like that to kind of I think they are like the argument was always anyone that I've heard anyway. I don't know if it was a mainstream argument, but people have told me that. The reason why a Munchie figure can't f- exist at Real Madrid is because monchi's entire job is to kind of scout players under the radar and Real Madrid doesn't need to do that because they can just buy the established players.
1: And no, I disagree. I, I disagree. I completely disagree. And I no, think no.
0: especially in this world where like you have so much competition from other big players, but I Yes. You you have to have I like the way you worded it—the protector of the star, or the identity, of the are the guardian of it. Because yes. you need someone to have to kind of establish that consistency throughout the through from year to year, and it's it's hard to do otherwise. I did like the, this is for yeah.
1: for our, our English or Premier League intensive listeners. This is what Begir Stein does for Manchester City. Yeah, and uh, he chose coaches until he got to Guardiola, and obviously that was. The fact that they signed Bergkristian was obviously to get to, to Guardiola later on, but the profile of Pellegrini has a lot more to do to, with Guardiola than with other coaches. I mean, the, the 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 profile of players they were signing was very specific, and again reusable for for the um, for the for whoever is going to take over later on and 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 wants to favor. Ball possession, uh, ball possession approach. So yeah, it's the sports director does a lot more than I mean. It's, it's not a question of getting bargains or trying to find one specific very talented player. I mean, you still need to need to see if if your chips are on the right part of the table and if uh, if what comes from the youth teams is. Good enough, or where you need to reinforce it, it. It's a tough job, even if you're Real Madrid, and, and every single talented player is offered to you at some point. I mean, it, uh, it, there's a lot of decisions to make, and 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 it's better if you're not influenced influenced by by the day-to-day uh, uh, activity and and the result of Sunday.
0: Yeah. And, and you brought up something that worried me in in the article was that you kind of brought up a scenario that you know Zidane could if, if he doesn't get the reins to build what he wants he can just get up and leave like he is he has yep. all kinds of um, freedom to do that he has walked away from money before it hasn't stopped him before and uh, I think he genuinely loves his personal life enough that he doesn't have to be married to this idea of being Real Madrid's coach if if things are not not necessarily going his way but He's not given the freedom that he wants, and he feels like the board aren't doing a good job to support him. And like one of the scenarios I thought of is like <clears throat> there seems to be a lot of resistance resistance about a figure like Paul Pogba, for example, um, mm-hmm. by many 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 people. Some people would entertain the idea. I think he's a great player. I think it's not inconceivable that Zidane gets the best out of him and it works. But imagine if you sign someone like Pogba, and then a year from now. That you know for whatever reason Zidane's not here anymore, and then you're left with this player that completely depends on a figure like Zidane to motivate him and and you and you kind of give up on Zidane you let him go for whatever reason the club doesn't doesn't succeed and it, and it kind of you can extend this to someone like Gareth Bale, who was like, it seems to me yes he's riding the wave now he's playing this game where like well I, I can just sit on the bench and get paid forever I, I, I don't have to leave. And then, or and then maybe he's hoping that Zidane will will get fired at some point next season, and then a new coach will will count on him. It it just seems silly to me that we're depending on these little things to thrive. When when it's like it it shouldn't have to be that the fate of every player depends mm-hmm. on whoever is in the manager manager chair that month.
1: Yeah, but unfortunately, this is not um this is not a a, a rational business at all. And, and rarely a business is rational, but this has so much, so many emotional components that, that it's it's really tough. I mean, Pogba is is a fantastic example of um, something that a sports director should validate before. I mean, yeah. and, and some of the some of the comments uh, uh, in the article and and on Twitter were like, you cannot give a coach that much power, and I agree with that. And and probably Pogba is an excellent example because that's that's a, a decision that if Zidane loves Pogba, uh, he'll probably make a case for him. But then the sports director will have to think uh, Zidane could walk away on us again at any point, and then we'll have five years of uh, an extremely well-paid. Unproven, um, and, and I do believe that Pogba is, is unproven, he, he's a world champion, but he hasn't led a team uh, or way uh, week in, week out to win a tournament yet. He's yeah. been in successful teams, but they, they were not their team. They were someone else's team, and he was there uh, playing well for a couple of matches, then disappearing for another two. So we haven't been... We haven't seen all the promise that Pogba uh, has uh, for for a sustained period of time. And, and again, you take a fly with Pogba, it it, it is a, it is a very expensive one. So a sports director would say, five years of this, mm, I need to think about it twice, and and would give another options. In this case, this conversation is probably a, a discussion between Zidane and and Florentino. I want Pogba or. And they will say Pogba is very expensive. But there's no vision, long term vision about what the signing of Pogba would imply.
0: Well, the other thing a sporting dir- a director would veto is not only someone like Pogba, but also stepping in, maybe not stepping in, but at least having some kind of input on something. someone like Marcos Ciorante. So you have the superstar signing, but then oh, you also uh, have. Here, we go. here well, we go. So we have the superstar <laughs> signing, but we also have the grassroots players who are clearly. Not only a played hard this season, but played phenomenally well in their in their time. Are dedicated, have clearly loved the club on and off the pitch. Um, like that, that that kind of player has always been a Real Madrid player coming up through the ranks.
1: Yes, I agree. it's
0: not that he's just a good; he's talented. Like he's good. So I, I wonder, like you know, so like I get the I get the argument, Eduardo, of like on one hand, there are, there are, we say. Gives you down the reign, the keys. On the other hand, there's also this balance of like, okay, hold on, like, at, at to what point does he get the keys? Because if you go back in in sports, like, the idea of a a manager slash GM hasn't always been a good idea. Like we see this in basketball a lot. Whereas like you yeah. know, with Doc Rivers at the Clippers, yes. uh, Phil Jackson at the Knicks, if you're kind of doing multiple jobs you may be able you may kind of deviate from your focus a little bit and
1: start that the 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 coach uh, sports director figure is probably the most absurd because uh, and and I'm 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 agreeing with some of the comments about not giving all the power to the to the coach Uh, of course I mean coach is a lot of short-term orientation and he's only thinking of the next match and Mm. at best um how the fitness should look like come april or may and a sports director should be two three years on the road yeah at least so and 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 seeing i'm gonna use some kind of corporate lingo here but uh you uh, he would he would have to look at the players in the first team and on the youth teams like a portfolio of projects and uh having an idea of how successful one of it should be and, and assigning probabilities and, and actually making, this is kind of, I mean, you're managing a lot of money here. So you need to use this type of techniques and then, which is probably what Manchi did and and then make decisions on that. But I, I wanted to say that I'm, I'm really proud of you because it only took you <laughs> 20 some minutes to, to bring up Marcos Llorente. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, took uh, it took a lot, it took a uh, lot. <laughs> I had I had the word
0: Llorente written in big letters in my notes to bring it up right away, but yeah. Uh, I,
1: I have to say, I feel your pain because he was outstanding. I mean, jokes aside, I, I, it, if there was a player I would keep from this season, it's Marcos Llorente. And there's another uh, one, probably the only reason of content uh, that this season can bring us, other than other teams painful defeats which we have enjoyed obviously um, is the fact that we've seen probably thanks thanks to Solari Mm -hmm. quite a few few players from 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 Castilla that even we we mentioned that at some point we saw them with Castilla and didn't look as good as as they did this year with the first team Regulon was was a, a, a fantastic starter and showed some of the things you mentioned uh, uh, that Marcos Llorente showed as well, like crying on the pitch against Barcelona because he was frustrated that we we weren't gonna uh, make the final of the Copa del Rey was yeah. That's the kind of player I want yeah. And 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 it's uh, um, Valverde has done. Uh, he looks fantastic as well yeah. So we've seen a few some of these talents that uh, in some other seasons we haven't been as lucky and well the season has been terrible but at least let's see if Zidane um, I think Zidane's, is, is, Zidane's mind is not as set in some decisions as, as many think and we'll have a few surprises before the end of the season but I'm glad that we've, we, we got to see these four or five players that are, are indeed talented and should be useful in, in the next few years.
0: I am too because at the very least we saw them firsthand in big games to see how they would do and it's no longer like a guessing game for us to Yeah. So, you know, we can we can kind of evaluate if we sell this player or or keep this player. We can evaluate if it was a good decision or not in the moment. Um did you do you get a feel at all for what Zidane might do this summer with the lineups or do you think it's still kind of unpredictable?
1: It, it is I think it I mean the rumors we all know, right? It seems like Llorente, Bale, Ceballos are, are already out. Mm. Um, in the case of Llorente, if, uh, uh, that's been interpreted as, as a rejection on the part of Zidane, especially on Llorente and Ceballos. And I, I in fact, think that he sees they both would get, a, would get more developed if they go somewhere else that rather than if they stay as stand-ins of Modric, Casemiro, etc. Mm. Um, but if, it seems like those three will leave and, and the relationship between Bale and Zidane had been rocky before Zidane came back and now it seems like it's completely broken.
0: Well, he he had the same idea with Mariano. When Mariano was loaned to Leon. he told him, yeah. look, I want you to play to just go and I want you to develop and for your sake, go to Leon or France. And then they brought him back. So, but the thing is, they got a little bit lucky with Mariano bringing him back. Although now, like you look, it's not like he had an effect anyway. It's not his fault. But, um, they got a little lucky that Sevilla wanted to buy him. So then that triggered their their option, the clause, to be able to get him for half the price or whatever it was. And, uh, but with someone like Llorente or Ceballos, if they put a buyback or a loan, fine. But I just when you when you look at Real Madrid's problem this season, and that is that their defensive midfielder is just in the and, and I don't mean to put yeah. this in a stereotypical way, not technical enough because he's just literally a liability passing out of the back. He's his touch was way off this season. Llorente yeah. was able to. Calm that role, bring bring a, bring a a sense of calmness to that role, and and some stability. His distribution was good. He was dribbling, getting into the attack. If that like it's, it's clearly somewhere a position where he can help, you know. So I think I just think like if you want him to develop, fine. But I mean, like, are you saying that he can't develop at the club? That's that's what what gets me the most a little bit, is that, you know, there's an argument to be made that. Some, some people have made that Zidane only relies on well-established players. I don't think that's necessarily true, but I do think there's this thing with him that certain players. I don't know if 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 he if he evaluates evaluates you a certain way. I think it might be difficult for you to get back into his quote-unquote good books later on. I don't know if that's necessarily true or not. I think maybe Kovacic disproves that because Kovacic when Zidane first arrived, wasn't really part of the rotation that he eventually grew into it. But players yes. like James, no matter how well he played, was like it, did, it didn't matter. And there were examples of Real Madrid players in form getting benched the next week and we didn't see them again for like a month. When,
1: But that's like, uh, I mean, uh, he's a coach. I mean, he has opinions. And uh, he he wasn't, I mean... His favorite striking partner was Christophe Dugarry, for Christ's sake. I I forgot about that guy. The only reason why Dugarry played uh, for the full World Cup is that he was friends with Zidane. So, I mean, if we take Zidane, we have to take him with his um, uh, strengths and his weaknesses. And some of them, uh, his footballing criteria is obviously off the charts. And he, he brought Varane from when he was... I mean, even uh, he was less than a kid, and and yeah. he's made very good decisions. But in other topics, we we will have to disagree. I mean, and and Llorente, I'm, I'm on your side. I would rather keep Llorente uh, instead of sending him somewhere else, even if he plays 15 matches more away from Madrid. I mean, I'd rather have him here because there's a special. Um, I mean. Training with these guys and getting the exposure to play big matches does a lot for you as well. But I, yeah, yeah, we won't be able to agree on with on everything with Zidane.
0: No, and that's fine. And I you know, like like you said, you you take their good and the bad no, like and if they're a figure like Zidane or anyone as great as Zidane or anyone like Ronaldo or these guys, you take their good and their bad and you accept their bad because they're good trumps, they're bad. And you know it's it's possible that he sells Llorente, but then wins the champions League. And we shouldn't we have to detach ourselves from that if that happens. Yes. Um, because w- when we cry over a certain player, that doesn't necessarily mean that maybe Zidane won't get it right anyway. But you know there are certain things that i there are at least interesting questions to pose on his evaluation of certain players and and also, like the most fascinating thing that I Kind of just try to wrap my mind around for your article was the idea of like who should decide things and who should you know whose decisions should should trump the others ultimately, it's the CEO and the president who make the decision, but how difficult their job must be also to kind of please everybody who are trying to dip their hands in this decision making well and and also but but also Zidane has to answer the question of. A lot has happened since he last left. Um, Vinicius came in the team, also. I mean, Brambant signed him when he was the coach, but we never—he never saw him up close. And also, you know, someone like Brahim Diaz, who he didn't sign, but it seems like he's fond of him. There's like all these things that, when you don't have this vision in place, you have to start guessing all these things and starting yes. this decision making making stuff from scratch every time yeah you did have you did have sorry you did have something interesting in your in your last article which i don't think we talked about in the podcast and that was um that zidane one of the most interesting things that zidane has said is that he he's glad he saw it up close yes 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 he saw the problems when when he saw
1: that's one of the most interesting things Zidane has ever said on a press conference um, and probably the question was good but he made it better because he was asked uh, he was asked if, if he regretted having come back before the summer i mean because he could have said no you finish this season with solari or with whoever yeah and and I'll go I'll come back i, I don't want to see this this end of the season with nothing there there was no upside for him in terms of of titles but and he said no 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 i, I, I don't regret it in the least and I, I i'm glad i'm back because i'm otherwise i would be watching this from the outside and i wouldn't see the dynamics of the dressing room and 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 the way players are coaching are, are training etc he was obviously upset when when he was asked this question so so he let go of it right and, and it was obvious that there's a few players that otherwise he would have kept, that who after these these few months of meaningless matches and and constant castings will will be in a much worse position to to stay with the team next season. Yeah. So that's why I say that after hearing that I wouldn't be surprised if we see. Uh, Three or four personal decisions
0: that are shocking. Shocking, and um, th- I think there'll definitely be shocking decisions, which were like, "Whoa, really?" Like, I thought he, I thought we knew what was going to happen to him. That it, it's they're gonna. I think there's going to be things that catch us off guard. I I think in many ways, although it seems like we say this every summer, this is actually the most interesting summer in a long time because the yeah. last few summers we. I wouldn't say we were indifferent, but we at least had the comfort of the Champions League trophies to rely on and be like, you know, we're okay if nothing happens. Exactly.
1: That's what killed us, in fact, because we we played like we're fine if we stay as as we are, and then we lost a couple of bench players that we thought didn't mean much, and then another two bench players, and then Ronaldo leaves, and then we take a look at the squad, and
0: yeah. Yep.
1: And, and 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 we just can't do much with this. It's it's no surprise.
0: Um, before we wrap it up, any idea of what you're gonna write about next week?
1: <laughs> any idea? Sorry. Of what you're gonna write about next week? Any teasers?
0: Um,
1: I'm gonna write about Casillas. Nice. I'm gonna write about Casillas because uh, there's there's a few things I've I've never written about uh, about the the. the, the the relationship between the, the fan and, and the icon, right? Mm. And I, I've seen him play Casillas and Raúl, where um, when, when I started going to matches, Butragueño was the star, and I saw him fade in the last... When I started watching his matches live, it was his last three, four years, which were markedly worse than, yeah. than the, his first five, let's say so my my icons you you take differently football when you're when you're a a teenager or you're in your low 20s than when you're in your 40s or late 40s yeah so the level of attachment that i have to raul and casillas is off the charts and i i don't think i would be able to develop that again for any player (laughs) it's funny it's just a question of age i mean i i like I, I love Madrid. I love a, a number of, of the players that that today play for Real Madrid. But there's a, an emotional component to the to the way I related to to those players that has to do with age and is yeah. implos- impossible to replicate.
0: I feel the same way with Raul. I don't. I don't think any athlete will have the power that Raul had on me. Uh, and I, you know, my perspective is even different than yours because I would have been like 12, 13 growing up as Raul so Raul to me was it was it was more than just a an idol he was like he was like everything to me you know like when you're a kid yeah. everything gets more dramatized you know of course so, yes 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 yes. Uh, yes but then like it irked me a lot because I knew fans who joined during Raul's decline and they didn't understand yeah. what the fuss was about, and they didn't really yeah. like him. And I would get angry at that. I was like, "No, you don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> you don't understand what Raúl was." In the late '90s, early 2000s, he was incredible. He was, and he was an idol for so many of us. So maybe, maybe like for some people, seeing at the end of Raúl, they were, that's what maybe you were with Butragueno. Although you at least knew yes. of Butragueno's greatness.
1: No, no. The, 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 what you say about uh, Raúl is is very similar to my feelings for for, for and Exactly the same. Mm. I, when when uh, in the last season, uh, Valdano was coaching the team. was was the the year that Valdano won the Liga, and uh, he would only come off the bench most matches, and people were really impatient with him, and and I could not understand why a player that had given us so much you would not give him even the benefit of the doubt. Well, everyone, he got the ball, and it took him two seconds to think what it. And it was classic Butragueño, just to stop and, and look yeah. around. Yeah. People would be already murmuring and making noises, and I'm like, <laughs> come on, it, it, it is Butragueño. Well, I mean, yeah. uh, where's your mouth? <laughs> just, oh, well, that's...
0: one of the things that amazed me when, obviously, Butragueño was before my time, but when i went back and watched clips of him he had he seemed to have this ability to freeze in the box yes, yes. and just stop and no one really knew what to do and yes then he would yes. just he would do whatever he wanted it's amazing it seemed like amazing like trait and power to have in
1: a box to do yes that. and 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 when he got old and slower mm. that didn't work as well and that's why the, the stadium got nervous and, and anxious but mm. um it was, uh, I, I still enjoyed it.
0: <laughs> uh, Eduardo Alvarez, thank you so much for taking the time on your day to do this. You're a busy man, and a busy father. Um, so, yes. So, I know you're also writing some other things right now, so I'm gonna let you get back to that. Thank you for doing this and Hala Madrid. Thank
1: you very much, Kieran. Hala Madrid.